Hi there, and welcome to The Road to Reality with our teacher, K.P. Yohannan. Before we launch into our message, all this month we're focusing on the efforts of GFA to meet the clean water crisis in Asia. Gospel for Asia is able to drill a well for only $1,400. When drilling a well, GFA hires a local contractor. And because that same contractor will be hired to drill a large number of wells, he will often give a lower price per well. Additionally, most contractors in South Asia use simple equipment to drill and install wells, so their costs are low from the start. $1,400 equals one Jesus well that provides clean water for an entire village for decades. If you want to know how you can help right now, in the U.S., call 866-946-2742. In Canada, call 888-946-2742 to find out what GFA is doing in Asia to solve the clean water crisis. Now, the website for our Canadian friends can be found at roadtoreality.ca. For those in the U.S., go to roadtoreality.org. More about clean water in Asia after this segment of our message on the road to reality. Here's K.P. Yohannan. What is the answer? The answer is to have a correct view of ourselves. That is, even after 30 years of preaching and leadership and teaching and all these things, we are in more danger of failing and catastrophic loss than when he began. See, there are coconut trees here. There are different levels of coconut trees. Here are coconut trees that are, you know, five feet, six foot high. You can pluck coconuts, right? Here some here. But then there are coconut trees there, 20 feet. And then there are coconut trees that are very high, very tall coconut trees. If you climb on the little coconut tree, six feet tall, and you fall, what happened? You will get a scratch. And you don't even want people to know you got a scratch. But if you climb on the top of the 150 feet high coconut tree and you fall, what happened? Somebody had to come with a broom to sweep up what is left. You see what I'm saying? So the longer we have traveled in the work of God, the higher the trust and the position we have received. The slip means it's all over. This is very, very serious. And I think many of our brothers and sisters in our ministry in the past who lost out, some in leadership, I can tell you some personally, it was because they became cynical. They took it for granted. So what? It's okay. Who's going to ask me this? It's not like that. Now, the answer is a correct view of how weak, how failing, how inefficient, how fragile, what a dangerous place we are in because we are no more on the, on the top of a six-foot, seven-foot coconut tree, but we are on the top of a 200-feet coconut tree. You understand? The chance of our losing everything is much higher now than before. Therefore, who must fear the most? The leader or the follower? The answer you know. That is the first thing. Have the correct view the way God sees us. Because he gives grace to the humble 
he gives grace to the one who says, I'm sorry, the one who is transparent, the one who is sincere, one who is not proud and trying to boss or anyone else. They say, you know, I'm a weak, struggling human being. I need help. Why it is so important? Because if you have the attitude like that, someone within your fellowship will have the courage to come to you and say, you know, brother, I'm sorry, I may not be right, but I think there's a problem we have. Can I talk to you about it? Then all of a sudden, your facial expressions changes with open door and open gate and invitation. Yes, brother, please tell me. Then you sit down and then you listen. You listen through. But when you get to the third sentence, he's saying something about you or about me, what we said or what we did. All of a sudden, we put up the defense. No, no, brother, listen, listen, you don't understand it. You don't understand it. Let me explain to you. Yeah, that's true, I said that. But do you know why I said that? Then we start defending ourselves and protecting ourselves. And then this young brother, who is only maybe three years with us in the ministry, but he spent maybe three, four hours in prayer, and the Holy Spirit really told him to come and talk to you. He's tender-hearted, like young little boy, you know, Samuel. But the fact that you trust him, you pushed him down, he immediately says, maybe I made a mistake. Why? Here is a conflict. He felt God was telling him to come to you and come to me. But then he is not mature enough to have the mental force to sustain it. Because it's like a young baby that is just born. Very tender, just newborn baby that is holding in his hand. He doesn't have the strength to stand. But the fact that you now come to explain and defend, all of a sudden he loses balance inside. He says, maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I don't know. Then he says, sorry, sir. I, maybe I don't understand it. Then he walks away. How many people you will do that with? In the end, you are on your own without anyone to come to you and tell you anything. You have made a war with a defense that no one can tell you anything. Then after two, three years, some serious problem happened and two, three brothers will get together and talk about something and they say, brother, watch our little brother. You know, this is going to cause big problem for us. Well, yeah, brother, but we'll pray, brother. Don't go to him. It's no use. How many people are saying? Five people. All five of this, brother, we tried so many times, but no use. Let's pray, that's all. Am I telling stories of someone of you, someone? I'm telling you this because I know one case I dealt with like that. And the leader is not with us. And in the end, when it was all over, his life is ruined, his family ruined. People tell me, how can we tell him this? We never could get to him. And we just prayed. Was that the real answer? No. But what happened? See, you don't need a concrete steel wall to encase you from others coming in. You can do it with your facial expression, your attitude, your words. So eventually, especially you are a leader, people are reporting to you, you will have made the concrete steel encasing that nobody can get. What happened? You will die by yourself within it. And only after stinks start coming, a rotting flesh, and all the flies going all over the place, say, hey, what happened? What happened? Well, go open the door and find out. And then find out he's dead. Finished. This happens not one time, 
Oh, you know, you look around. The reason I'm saying this to you is because there's not a week go by I don't hear about some pastor, some Christian leader is making a shipwreck of their life and ministry. So how do you live? You should not live any day, any week based on how mighty and this and that, but open and transparent so people can get to you. The greatest asset we have, it's people. Not money and buildings and plants and all those things. But people never have value unless they feel part of the team, part of our life. And they will never feel part of our life unless you give them permission to tell you the bad things and their pain, their misunderstanding. If you are one who are always thinking how to answer when they are talking, you fail. You can forget it. When people come to you, they are telling you something, your mind is working now. Why, why are you saying this? Somebody is behind it. Somebody is trying to poke me and pull my chair. And somebody is gossiping. Then all of a sudden, your mind is going a million miles per second to defend yourself, answer their accusations, allegations, and you're thinking, then it is better you stop there because you are now getting into more trouble. But if you say, Lord, I don't understand all this, but I want to listen. Why? Because you have a correct perspective of yourself that you also, I am also a man of weakness and possible to fail and make a mess of things. You see, we don't kick out people by saying, you rascal, you dirty dog, get out of this. No, we don't do that. We play our games correctly. We poke here, we poke here, we poke here, we poke here, we poke here. In the end, he says, I cannot survive here, so I will leave. Then you say, well, what can I do? This happened. There are people God removes from our ministry. Thank God for that. I can tell you case. I prayed forever about some cases, and the Lord removed them. I am confident God did it. I have no doubt about it. But is that the case always? Those are exceptions. Those are one in a million. But usually it is because we become so self-righteous and confident and we take things for granted. Nothing can move me and that is a result of becoming cynical. This is very dangerous. So what is the answer? The answer is always have the correct view. Lord, today... I am liable to mess up everything and fail. I'm weak and I have every potential to do the worst thing in the whole world. But for the grace of God, that must be the statement every day. We will continue our teaching about cynicism here shortly. But first, we'd like to remind you that in Asia, there are still 663 million people who need access to pure water. Would you join us in providing Jesus wells? The need for clean water in Asia is a desperate one. It is difficult to imagine the huge water crisis that many suffer on a daily basis. By God's grace, in a recent year alone, GFA was able to provide 6,822 Jesus wells in Asian communities. But this is only a drop in the bucket compared to the vital need of today. Think of it. You can be the hero who helps touch the villages of Asia with clean water. Just call 866-946-2742 in the States. And in Canada, call 888-946-2742. Now, back to more from K.P. Yohannan on the Road to Reality. Having a correct view of ourselves 
as Paul had, is the key. That means what? You are responsible for whatever happens in your life and through your life. Don't blame anybody else. And the salvation is stay weak and simple and childlike. That is the reason Paul said, when I am weak, I am strong. I glory in my infirmities. I am not going to prove to anyone that I am perfect. I have my struggles and weaknesses. But thank God for the grace of God that I can appropriate because I know I need help. Okay. Second thing that will help you and help me is an absolute determination to obey what God's word says. Now that is so key because they were destroyed not in one day. Over a period of time, they continually heard God's word. They read God's word. They preached the Bible. They taught the Bible. They were expert in all these things. But they themselves didn't believe this is true for my life. That's what the interpretation. God said, there are giants and all this stuff, whatever it may be, but I am the one who promised your fathers that I will give you the land. Don't ask how. You see, if you ask how, which way, all the logic and reasons you will never find because God is beyond logic and his promises are beyond logic. What logic is there? God sent his word and heals them. You say God sent a doctor and gives some medicine and heal, it makes sense. But God sent his word and heal people, what does that mean? It, it makes no sense. It, it, it's beyond our logic. Faith is always beyond logic, not against logic. It's beyond. So here's the thing. When we read the Bible, when we teach the Bible, whatever we know, I know this. The biggest struggle I have in my life is to read this and say I can act on it because God will do what he said. Why? Because I don't see it now. Because I don't see it in people's life who are preaching and teaching. Then why I must believe it? What does that mean? There's a lot of people preaching all the spiritual truth, but their lives are not uh, proving any of these things. What is the problem? Their problem is not God. Their problem is they are not on the inside living with the conviction and handling things that nobody knows about within God's word that is revealed to them. We all make that mistake. Now, especially when it comes to leadership, one of the biggest problems is we use our soulish energy, our position and power, and our abilities to make things happen instead of trusting God to make things happen. And therefore, what happens? It may appear we are praying and we are trusting God to other people, but really inside, the manipulation is something else. It is not God. Why? Because our attitude... Our grace, the eyes that glow and the humility is missing. That's the proof. That's the reason why he says, by their fruit you shall know them. Who is a false prophet? Somebody who say God said it, but their very makeup is one of arrogance and proud and creating strife and lack of humility and brokenness. And there's no love in their life. They speak the truth, but there's no grace. Because those are the fundamental foundation of God's throne. And when you know somebody like that, then you know why their life is messed up. They are not really doing it. It's, what I'm telling you is something more intangible. You cannot see it. But the only evidence you see. So, 
in leadership he can read all the books he want all the stuff he want all are good john maxwell's books you must read and this are fantastic but i'm telling you something more sacred here now i told you to turn the book of philippians what on earth i'm doing when talking to all these things now let me give you an illustration to these statements we are going to conclude here right away look at philippians chapter 1 begin with verse 27 you want to underline or mark or look at this verse i hope you will pursue this thought later whatever happens conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of christ then whether i come to you come and see you or only hear about you in my absence i will know that you stand firm in one spirit contending as one man for the faith of the gospel that's verse 27 do you see those phrases those words in whatever translation you read you cannot miss it the gospel of christ so the object it is not me it's not my kingdom it is not my personality it is not my position it is not my conviction and views and all those things it's all about jesus it is all about him if it is all about him then it's much easier to do what i need to do such as what is this you stand firm in one spirit contending as one man for the faith of the gospel now who is he writing to think about that in the light of all what i talked so far think about it he is writing to the best church in the whole new testament the church at philippi a church blameless they are so wonderful people then why he must say that well if you look at chapter 4 you will find in verse 1 there are couple of sisters always fighting among themselves and i ask you loyal york fellow help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life now i mean think about this this is enough to preach for two days these two sisters they are the team members of paul i don't want to be team member of paul i can tell you that much i would be scared of him but these two sisters had the audacity to be with the team of apostle paul i mean who were they they were seven star in quality usually we all are in no star <laughs> but among them look at that there's a disunity there's a problem there is a problem now you now go back in chapter 2 while paul may not be telling all the problems they have he sees even in the best of a fellowship best of ministry even when you have the heights of accomplishment that everything about you is me is perfect yet there can be something that is so hidden so difficult that is horizontal relationship flesh and blood human factor that is unity now there in chapter 2 paul talks about in chapter 2 verse you know one on I mean these are stuff you preach about all these things by the way if you have any encouragement or being united with christ if any comfort from his love if any fellowship with the holy spirit 
you, know, you can say, since you have, since you have, since you have. Then you say, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete, being like-minded. Now, how? You say, be one-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but humility and concern others better than yourself. Each of you should look not for your own interest. Then verse 5, your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. Now, we talked about a lot of things. There's a lot of Bible verses I could read in the light of this. But let me conclude with the application. When God came down to confuse the language of the people at the Tower of Babel, remember that in Genesis? What did God say? Behold, they have become one and nothing shall be impossible with them. Am I making it up or is it in the Bible? It is in the Bible. Who said it? Almighty God who could wipe out the whole human race and the world. Who are these people? Rebel against God. They are rebels. What did God say? Behold, they have become one in the purpose and intent and commitment for evil. And nothing shall be impossible with them. Therefore, let us confuse the languages so they will not continue and maintain the unity. So why all the language confusion God created to bring disunity? What does that mean? Even in the matter of God Almighty, he could not accomplish the task of redemption without unity. The Father is involved, the Son is involved, and the Holy Spirit involved. So let us conclude. Maybe the most powerful thing in the whole universe in time and eternity, it is not one, but many becoming one. Let us make man in our image. It is many becoming one. It's a mystery. This reason why we are one body, but many members. It's a mystery. Jesus sent out people two by two, not one. How do you want to get your prayer answered? If two shall agree on anything, it shall be done. Unity. That which you bind in heaven shall be bound and you lose, it shall lose. So you have the entire teaching of the Jesus. If you analyze it, you will find it is so little vertical, it's mostly horizontal based on vertical reality. That is, you love God with all your heart and mind and soul, then you love your neighbors. And that is our final thought for today from K.P. Yohannan on our weekend edition of The Road to Reality. And now let's hear a story from a village in Asia about the day a Jesus well from GFA came online. After many months of earnest prayer, the day the believers and villagers had been waiting for arrived. A Jesus well of their very own was drilled, completed, and overflowing with the cleanest water they had ever seen. The Lord answered their prayers, and many were filled with great joy and excitement. And now they could wash their clothes, 
cook their dinners, and refresh themselves with the well's sweet water. Best of all, anyone could use it. GFA's Clean Water Ministry is delivering safe, disease-free water to families across Asia through Jesus Wells. You can make stories like that come true and make a real difference by partnering with GFA and supporting this clean water work in Asia. Just pick up the phone and call 888-946-2742 in Canada and online roadtoreality.ca. In the U.S., go to roadtoreality.org or call 866-946-2742. Thank you for listening to The Road to Reality. Back next time for more from K.P. Yohannan. The Road to Reality is presented by GFA.